0: you're listening to the functional fertility podcast and i'm your host kiara Orbe, functional fertility nutritionist this podcast is dedicated to optimizing your fertility using real intentional nourishment through nutrition and lifestyle choices each week you'll find practical steps through conversations with health experts in this space or solo episodes from me helping you get closer to creating your family everything shared on the podcast is rooted in love and science and is meant to help you cut through fertility myths so you can take control of your fertility journey while having fun doing so. And if anything resonates with you, please feel free to leave a five-star review and rating so that we can continue having incredible guests in the show. Thanks for listening and enjoy. hey functional fertility fam i am so excited to hop into season four of the new and improved podcast with a new name, but still the same vibe. So in today's podcast episode, we are chatting with Jess, Jessica Ash. I came across Jess's Instagram actually like a year ago, and something just clicked when I followed her. Her vibe inspired me, and I am so grateful for her and all of her knowledge that she has to share. And I know so, so many women feel the exact same way because Jess is intelligent, she is heart-centered, she's bold which I love so much and she seriously feels like your friend from even states away. So Jess is a hormone and PCOS nutritionist that's what she primarily focuses on since that those were her chronic health symptoms that she was able to put into remission. And in today's episode, we're actually going a little bit deeper than that. We're going deeper than nutrition because Jess and I um, have done, quote unquote, all the right things, but we know how our overly ambitious personalities can negatively impact our physical health if we're not aware if we're doing too much at one given time. Um, That's when my digestion gets wonky and I think it's the same for Jess. That's where I carry the bulk of my stress. I can just feel that tension rising in my belly and then my digestion gets all weird. Uh, So Jess and I are going to chat about in this episode what she has been doing in addition to having solid nourishing foundations like myofascial release and EFT and more. So with that being said, let's jump in. Alright guys, I'm so excited for today's episode with the Jessica Ash on the Functional Fertility Podcast. Thanks for coming on Jess. How are you?
1: I'm so great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh yeah, me too. Um, So before we dive in,
0: I know uh, like a lot of women in this space know a lot about you, but just for those who don't know, can you tell us just a little bit about, you know, what led you to this fear?
1: Yeah, for sure. So, um, for those of who, for those of you who don't know, um, I'm a functional nutritionist. I specialize in like hormones and PCOS, mostly because I, that's something that I struggled with myself. And um, really, I mean, just like many people in this space, you know, my own health journey led me to this space. So it's kind of like it was this natural progression between, you know realizing like, hey, I think I'm struggling with some issues, not really seeing help from doctors or the people around you just kind of accepting these symptoms as normal, and then going to like get this diagnosis, which is just really like a collection of symptoms, but not get any answers. It's kind of like, oh, you take this and you can take this and you can take this and then like you're you know that's you're just gonna have to live your life like that, and I didn't want to accept that. And so, at the time, um, I just wasn't feeling good. Like I had general hormonal imbalances. I was struggling with like horrible periods, like um, just being tired all the time, hair loss, and gained a bunch of weight, and just overall felt like I had aged twenty years in like a year. And so, you know, as I started to try to get some answers, it just was like there were no answers. And so (laughs) that is really where like my hunger to learn about hormones was born. And I didn't know anything about hormones going into just being sick. And then over time, it was like I was implementing things, um, just learning how to support my body. And then people started to notice and I was like, you know what, I want to help women do the same thing. And so that kind of led me to this place. But you never really plan on like where you're going to end up, you just start following like what you're passionate about. And implementing what feels true to you and you kind of like, there's just this natural journey of where you end up.
0: Yeah. Didn't I see one of your stories that you were actually intending on being, was it a lawyer? Yeah.
1: I had really wanted to be like, I was going to get a pre-med degree and then actually probably go to law school. Like I was very, I don't know, I just like had had a drive when I was (laughs) started school. And then I got really sick. And so I wasn't feeling good, I could barely get out of bed. And I had all these like autoimmune symptoms, I had hormone issues, digestive issues, just horrible, I just felt awful. And it really pivoted me to like only caring about feeling better. And it was kind of like this idea of like, once I feel better, then I'll just like get back to my life you know, (laughs) but uh, as I started to feel better, I was like, Oh, actually, I don't want to live my life like that. I want to live my life like this. And so I had like I completely pivoted. So I ended up like getting a business degree. And then just kind of like, being like, huh, what do I want to do? Like, I'm super interested in health. And so I just like went back to school and dug in. And I'm the type of person that like, when I have a lot of free time, so I was laying in bed a lot. (laughs) I just (laughs) researched, you know, I spent 1000s of hours just reading books, I would go to the library, reading articles. This was really before like the health and wellness industry exploded, there wasn't a lot of resources. So it was like very interesting. It's been very interesting to watch how like, everyone now cares about nutrition in some way or health in some way. Um, Cause before it wasn't that way. Like I cared, but it was hard to find resources on it.
0: Oh yeah. I can a hundred percent relate. And I feel like this whole world of Instagram has just really blown up and like yeah. the way people are receiving information now, it's, it's crazy. Cause yeah. I kind of fell into this space in what, like 2000 and, 17 is when Mm. like 2016 things were like just going haywire and then I started to see doctor after doctor and wasn't getting answered Mm. for like a straight year and then finally 2017 I like that's when I just started going down rabbit holes of information which kept me in that fight or flight state at the same time so it was like I was trying all these things I mean, changing my diet, trying paleo trying keto mm-hmm. and intermittent fasting all at once because yeah. one wasn't enough. And, um, and then what happened? Yeah. I just, I, nothing was really like providing me with that, that much relief. Um, yeah. so when it, when it comes to your journey, like what, what really helped you see? Yeah. My-
1: That like I could totally relate because I think my journey started like my journey started early. I was not feeling good from the minute I went through puberty and I had problems, hormone problems, you know, when I was 14. And at the time, like my mom didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. So we just went to the doctor and the doctor put me on birth control and I was on a progesterone only pill like my whole teen years. And so I went off the pill when I was 17, I think and immediately it was, like, crap hit the fan, and I don't think I knew crap was hitting the fan because of the birth control. It was just, like, you know, like, three to six months later, I was just, like, whoa, I did not feel good, and then it's, like, escalated as I, like, went into college, and so that was, like, early, like, 2010, 2012, so yeah, I just, like, and that was, like, right when paleo had first, like, was a first a thing, like, Rob Wolf had just wrote his paleo book, and it was, like, Starting to like gain traction, and so you know, it was kind of like what everyone was saying, like go gluten free. And I was like, what the heck is gluten? You know, I was like gluten, like what the what the freak? So then I like I started researching gluten, and I was like, oh, I'm cutting this thing called gluten out, and like I did feel better, obviously, because you're just being more conscious of like what you're consuming. And then it was like, oh, now I need to cut dairy, and I need to like eat nuts instead, and then like oh, I need to eat lots of vegetables and like proteins and you know, in ways I did feel a little bit better. But at the same time, you're not getting full relief from your symptoms. And if you're somebody that struggles with like really bad digestive issues, you are just so miserable. And like, you're willing to just do whatever the heck gets you some type of relief. And so you start chasing these things that whatever gives you relief, like you're like, Oh, it's fixing me. But then like your digestive issues get worse again after like three months. And then you're like, Okay, what's the next thing. So you get like, just more and more extreme. And you're more willing to just try all these things. because you're like, Oh, this worked for this person, or this worked for this person, or this worked for this person. And it's so exhausting. And it's also like you get to this point where you're crippled by fear, because you're first of all, like, fearful of food because everyone says, has some type of opinion about what's causing your digestive issues. And then on top of it, you're like, oh, this supplement regime or routine worked for this person or this elemental diet worked for this person. And I think I have SIBO, but I don't know because the test came back negative. So it's just like, you are just being pulled in a thousand different directions. It gets to a point where you're exhausted and you're also just like, I was just so like exhausted and overwhelmed. Like there were times when I think like my mind just made me want to like crawl into bed and just lay there for days at a time. Cause it was like, here I am miserable. All these people are supposedly seeing results and I'm not. And so I'm just trying something more and more extreme and it's not really working. Like you get real with yourself and you're like, it's not really working. Um. So I went like from paleo to then lower carb, then to keto, then to carnivore. And then to just being burnt the hell out, which I'm sure most people (laughs) like relate. And then that around that time, like I was also because I'm the type of person also who is very interested in the science. And so I was curious about like, why this stuff is working and people are saying it's working, but it's not working. And so I just kept searching and searching and searching. And I was super into like Dave Asprey and Bulletproof at the time. Like, I feel like if you're in the paleo space, you like, (laughs) at one point, like buy Bulletproof products. and I was on uh, um, the forum, the bulletproof forum, and of course, I was like, I was like searching, like, what to do about gut issues, you know? <laughs> and uh, somebody mentioned like uh, Danny Roddy, and oh, it was okay. like, Danny Roddy's a freak or something like that. <laughs> and of course, that made me be like, who's Danny That's Roddy? Not- yeah. And so I, I just like happened to go on Danny Roddy's website. And if for those of you who are listening who don't know who Danny Roddy is, he's like the Ray Pete fanboy, like the ultimate. Like, he just follows, like, what Ray Pete does and has seen a lot of, like, results from it. And I went and read some of his articles, and I was like – what? Like what? Like I was so triggered. I was just so triggered because here I am like not eating any carbohydrates, no sugar. Like I'm doing all fats and I'm obviously not seeing results and like my hair is falling out, but I'm just like so triggered by the sugar thing. Um, But then I just kept going. Something in me was like, there's something to this. And then I read all of Ray Pete's articles. I bought his, I purchased his books. And then I like kind of went on to explore more people in the pro-metabolic space. I listened to as many like podcasts I could get. I I bought Kate Deering's book and listened to all podcasts that she had been on. And I was just, it was starting to really click for me and make sense. Cause I already had some basic knowledge of hormones and I was just like, Whoa, this makes a whole lot of sense. So as I implemented more carbohydrates and more balanced eating and focused on blood sugar, it was a rough ride. I was, I didn't, it didn't immediately make me feel better. Like at the drop of a hat, like people expected, like I felt like crap for about a year. Um, and then slowly it was like, I was like coming out of this cave of like darkness and it was like, Oh my gosh, I'm finally like, I can eat anything I want really and not have digestive issues like what the heck's going on and then it was just like slow there was no like moment where i was like wow i'm feeling so much better but i was feeling so much better and after like a really rough year of of going from being almost like completely carnivore to eating a variety of foods and carbohydrates and teaching my body how to tolerate them again i like finally was like this is the first time in my life where i actually like feel good like i can go through my day and be like oh i feel good And that is really what like the nourishment and really changing my mindset around food was the thing that got me there and breaking. I almost think of it as like breaking the chains. Like I broke chains that I didn't even know were chaining me down and holding me back because in my mind, it was like gluten's bad, dairy's bad. It's going to cause me inflammation and acne. I need to eat all these green vegetables. I need to do this. I have to do this. I need to avoid this. I need to avoid this. And every step I took, I was like breaking through that chain chain of like oh dairy's not inflammatory it's actually helping me heal or like i can eat gluten and not react now or you know xyz thing just took one step after another after another after another and was actually starting to listen to my body for the first time in a long time because before i would say i was listening to my body but in reality no i wasn't i was trying to just fix it and was just trying to like do whatever i could to just make myself feel better at the expense of myself
0: uh mm-hmm. huh. And trusting outside experts who mm-hmm. think they know your body better better than you do, and because we're so bombarded with all those rules, like we just they must know better. They have all the mm-hmm. science backing it up. So of course you're just gonna trust it and go with it. And ultimately, like that journey led you to where you are today. So, um, and I love what you said about reflecting or not really like noticing a night and day difference right away. That's what I always like to talk about with my clients. Is there are these slow, gradual changes over time. And it's not like you might notice them right away. Like for me, I was like, Oh oh my gosh, like I actually have like stable energy throughout the day. Like, that's weird. I'm not wanting to nap around like two to three o'clock in the afternoon. And it's like, Oh, like I, I feel like vibrant and alive and I feel good. And it, it wasn't like it happened overnight. And, um, so I think it's really important to like, know your journey and take notes and kind of just reflect on like, where you once were, and it might not be where you 100% want to be yet. But I, I love what you said. I think one day you said that healing is not this destination. Um, it's the journey of it. And I don't know if you follow the work of Eckhart Tolle, but mm-hmm. he's an awesome teacher. And I listened to a podcast with him the other day. And it said something like, it's not about whether or not you'll he- you'll you'll heal, it's whether... Or, like, how much consciousness you can grow, like, throughout your um, your healing journey. Like, it's not this arrival, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what we're so hyper-focused on. And we're, like, so focused on getting there. We'll do anything to feel better. And I know, like, so many people want to feel better yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. And it's really hard to, like, slow it down. Because I was one of those people, too. Like, I was just, like, give me anything and I will do it. Um... But we have to, like, know, like, when to just surrender and, like, know when to stop and just get out of the body's way, essentially, which is kind of what I want to talk about today. Because, I mean, you saw a lot of progress with what you've been doing, like, the whole pro-metabolic s- space and everything. But um, what has been lingering around for you and, like, what, where have you seen most improvement and from what?
1: Yeah. So I guess shifting my mindset, like you said, like healing is kind of this peeling back of layers. You know, what has got us here is layers and layers of imbalances. And then oftentimes along our journeys, we're actually causing more imbalances. And that's nothing to be like Regretful about. It's nothing to be like ashamed about. It's just part of just like a child learning to walk. You know, they take a step and then they fall and they get bruised and then they take a step and then they accidentally fall and hit their head. That's not to mean that like you don't get back up and keep trying to walk. Like it's just how we learn. It's how humans test boundaries and it's how we like really learn about ourselves. And that's really what a healing journey is. It's about actually finding balance in life. Because if I was a statue, and I could stay in a bubble and just not, you know, interact with my environment, then healing could be this destination. And then once we reach it, you know, you just stay there. You're like, okay, I've reached the healing spot. And now I'm just gonna like stay in this bubble and never move or change. But the thing about the world. And the thing about our bodies is they're dynamic. We're constantly changing and and growing and going through different seasons in life, right? Like there's times for rest. And then there's times where we're like moving and we're having babies and we're breastfeeding and we're doing this and doing that. And so we have to give our body the space to be dynamic, meaning like it's going to kind of swing. I kind of think of it as like a pendulum, like yeah, the middle would be if you were static and standing still, but you're never going to stand still in life. You're always going to be moving and going through different seasons. And so you want to swing back and forth, but you don't want to do these big, wide swings, like swing one direction and then swing the other direction. You want to stay as close to that state of balance as possible while still being dynamic and able to respond to your environment. And that's, you know, that is healing in the sense of like, There's always going to be stressors in our lives, and so we need to make our bodies more resilient to those stressors and kind of uncover what is making us less resilient to the stressors in our life because that is going to be the thing that actually helps us get to where we want to go. And so nutrition, you know, is important and nourishment is important. It really creates safety and consistency in the body, especially when you're manually balancing your blood sugar and making sure you're getting enough like nourishment in both the forms of energy, aka calories, but also nutrients um, and minerals. Um, But those things can only go so far and they can do a lot. I mean, if you're getting the right things and you're figuring out what your body needs and you're providing your body you know replenishing your body and then you're getting your foundations like sleep and sunlight and and gentle exercise and getting out in nature like all those things are really really important and are going to probably make like I say 70 to 80 percent of the journey but we also have to remember that we do have trauma that both maybe drove our issues in the first place or has been kind of picked up as baggage along the way. And that's really what people like don't realize is that a lot of our healing journeys that have been long, and I think a lot of people in the pro-metabolic space have already tried a lot of things. They've done paleo and vegan and all these things. They don't realize that they're carrying emotional baggage from that, that actually has now gotten stuck in their nervous system. Like I get DMs all the time of people are like, I am terrified of gluten. I'm like, you literally are terrified of a protein found in wheat. Like, <laughs> that is f- freaking crazy. You know what I mean? But we've gotten ourselves to this place where we're so convinced, our nervous system is so convinced that if we touch it or if we consume it, that we're, our body's going to create, have this physical reaction. That most likely, when we do consume it, we're actually creating a physical reaction. So fear is a anti-metabolic, we can call it like a fight or flight emotion. And so many of us are living in a constant state of fear, whether it's from, you know, trauma in our childhood, whether it's from traumatic things around food or something else, um, or whether it's from our healing journey that we've, we've had other people actually create this fear. And then we've kind of manifested that fear by perpetuating it. Like, Oh, I avoid dairy at all costs. And if I have it, I'm going to have a reaction. So think about what that does to your nervous system. Every time you sit down to eat, you're now stuck in fight or flight, you're not absorbing or assimilating the food that you're eating. And so we just have to really become aware that like, emotions are, are a huge part of healing. And that's going to affect our nervous system. And no matter how much blood sugar balance you do, like, it's those are there. And so that for me, like I really had to get real with myself and say that there was a lot of fear of for me, it was not healing, like not, you know, you get to this place where you're almost afraid that you're never going to reach this point. You know, you're like, I'm never going to heal. I've tried everything. And that was holding me back the most. And so I actually discovered, well, when we were in RCP together, somebody had mentioned using emotional freedom technique. And I was like, oh, that sounds kind of like, you know, not really my thing, like tapping on my head. While I like say mantras, like, yeah, probably not. But then as I started to realize, like, man, I am stuck in fight or flight, I'm stuck in this hustle mode, I'm stuck in this place where I just feel like I'm just stuck. Like I just I had gone so far with my healing journey, and then it was just, like, I feel stuck. Like, I'm doing all this nutritional stuff. And for me, the the biggest thing is always, like, it always goes back to my gut. And I love how, like, my EFT practitioner says, like, it always goes back to the core of you, right? Like, if in your core you are – almost like stuck in this fear state, you have to get what is in your core out, you know, it goes down to the very core of you. And I was experiencing all this, like just tension in my gut, tension in my rib cage, I wasn't even able to take deep breaths. And so as I started doing emotional freedom technique, it was just like a visceral physical reaction, like I could not Believe how much physical relief I had from just dealing with my emotions and giving them permission to flow. Because for me, like as I grew up and just, you know, even throughout my healing journey, I never allowed myself to feel like scared or feel sad or feel anything. It was always like, let's go to the next thing, like, let's be a fixer. I'm always like a fixer and an action taker. And so I had stuffed all those emotions down and they were just, they were festering. They were definitely festering.
0: (laughs) And that was years and years worth of stuff that you've been peeling back in the past just few months, right?
1: Yeah. So I've been doing EFT now regularly, like with a practitioner once a week for, yeah, about almost like six to eight weeks now. And then just doing it on my own in between our sessions. And Just night and day difference in like my gut health, my overall just tension, um, even things that you didn't even realize you had, just like tension all over your body, tension in your shoulders, tension in your chest, like tension in your heart. And then how I was reacting to things, like I was just feeling like everything was so scary to me. Like fear is an emotion that you're worried about at the end of the day, like getting punished from. And that could be punishment from like your body or punishment from someone else or just punishment in general that's really what drives fear. And oftentimes fear is a is a deeper emotion. It's like shame or guilt is driving it behind there. And that's totally going to manifest in like your liver and your chest. And you can just feel it in your gut. And so as you release this and you allow these emotions to flow and you allow these emotions out, what happens is you're no longer driven by fear because the fear is now flowing. It's gone. When you feel it, you allow yourself to feel it and then you move on. You know, feelings are how your nervous system kind of gets things out. And that's you know, what tears are for as well. And so when you don't allow yourself to feel things and you just stuff them down, they just are there all the time driving your decision making. And so as I've gotten this fear out, and as I've gotten this shame and this guilt out, it's been night and day and just like how I make decisions, how I live my life, and then also just giving myself permission for a lot of things that I wasn't before. Like, you know, letting go of the have to's and doing like, no, this is what is like I'm able to focus. I almost called it like emotional ADD, where you're so like you're making so so many decisions from like the primal part of you, the nervous system part of you, that you don't have any direction. You're just be pu- being pulled in a thousand different directions. Whereas when you quiet the mind, because the emotions are like just out. Um, you really, and you've given yourself permission to feel what you need to feel like you really have just more peace and calm. And also just, you're very focused on the direction you're going.
0: I don't know about you, but I, this is like the advice that I would give to some of my clients. Like I would always, always talk about this stuff, but then here I am. I felt like I wasn't being like a prime example of that. Yeah. Because I, I wasn't practicing when I was preaching. So like after speaking with you, that's why I started to do EFT as well. And I remember telling you like the first like call I had with our EFT practitioner, I was like in tears. Like, finally, just given permission in a safe container. Because I think the problem that I was having, I was trying to do EFT on my own, but I wasn't, like, holding myself accountable. And I was, like, just pushing it off to the side. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I'll just do it tomorrow. It's fine. Um, But finally, just being held. And it's just different. Like, you – it's something – I don't know if I can even explain it. Like, as you're repeating everything and you're tapping on the different points. And I I still don't – I'm not sure if, like, I understand, like – why these points are chosen and like, Mm -hmm. like how many rounds like matters and stuff. Like, I'm not sure if I exactly like understand that, but somehow it just all works together and it it gives you this big release and it's, it's refreshing and it's nice. And then you're just able to just let it go and move on. It's not like you're crippled the rest of the day, you know, maybe take some time for like extra nourishment TLC afterwards. But um, I think it's a really nice tool to have in your back pocket, especially as one is embarking on like a healing journey like this. Um, Mm -hmm. But I love what you said, like about our nervous system. A friend told me once about our emotions and how we just need to like release them. Um are energy and motion, like emotion, energy and motion.
1: Oh,
0: I love so, you I love that. I was like, oh my god, yeah. like, I don't know why. Like we're just taught to just like repress everything, repress everything, and that just builds up. And what do we learn about like calcium shells on HTMAs? like? Right. That is a direct reflection of that, and I've seen that with women who have lived years and years of just like repressing like how they feel, and yeah, it definitely has a huge impact on our physical health. So yeah,
1: like it's almost like when you're you're calcifying yourself, it's almost like as your cells are turning to stone. Yeah. I mean, it's so weird like you're literally trying you have all these feelings you have all these emotions that need to get out probably tears and tears like I think I've cried in my EFT sessions like gallons of tears you know I can't stop tearing and like you know our practitioner uh says like that's that's good that's like you know you're getting out tears mean it's a 10 like it's been affecting your nervous system at at a 10 this whole time and we have to like get it down and um I just, I, you feel it. Like when you stuff those emotions down, you have to become hardened to them or they will kill you. They literally will kill you. And so it's like you harden yourself and you feel a little, as you keep pressing those emotions down, like from being a child, right? Maybe you're even told like, Oh, don't cry. Or it's okay. And it's not okay. Like you need to get them out and it's okay to cry. And it's okay to feel what you're feeling. Like it's a feeling. And um, as you get older and older and older, you almost have, like, if you stuff them down and stuff them down, you almost have to turn to stone. And as practitioners, like, we know that calcification eventually is cell death, right? Like, it is cell death. And yet our body is actually creating these, like, shells around themselves or the cells just to protect them.
0: Mm, well, how smart our body is, really. I know. Um I know it gives you such a deep appreciation for it. But yeah, I mean like looking at my mom, like running a hair tissue, she won't mind that I'm talking about her, but running Mm -hmm. a hair tissue mental analysis on her and like looking at her life story and how she rarely lets emotions out. And, Mm -hmm. but it's like, she's like, I just don't feel like I need to like, it's just, it's become a part of her and she's become so numb to everything. She's not even sure how to, mm-hmm. whereas like big events like should have caused some sort of emotion to be released, but she has like mm-hmm. a calcium shell, of like, like 400 almost. So wow. <laughs> yeah, um, it's prevalent. But anyway, so along with EFT, what, hel- what else have you been doing?
1: Yeah. So for me, I had, you know, there's a few people in this space and the pro metabolic space that talk about like functional movement, and also just like how important the fascia is. And if people don't know what fascia is, it's um like a web like tissue. So you know, when you like pull a steak apart, you there's that kind of like web like tissue sometimes that we have uh, that connective tissue that literally connects our whole body together. So it's all connected from like the top of our head to the bottoms of our feet. And that is actually the, the, uh, the tissue that the lymphatic system runs lymph fluid through. So the fascia and the lymph system are actually connected. And we know that the lymph system is actually a part of the immune system. So it's interesting how like all of this connective tissue that connects us like a web is very much interrelated to um, just our immunity and our overall like detoxification systems and it's also how our cells hydrate or our, our tissues will hydrate so um, when our fascia becomes, you know, our fat, the fascia cells, you know, they are susceptible to calcification as well. But also, you know, our body stores emotions physically. So we need to stop separating like the mind, body, spirit. And you hear that all the time, like mind, body, spirit, mind, body, spirit. But it's actually like our body, the mind and the body are so interconnected that we can store emotional trauma in our physical tissues. And the fascia are often the first to take that. But then the fascia, you know, we can also, also get mental or emotional trauma from the physical tissue. So, you know, when, for example, when we get injured, we get an injury, we maybe allow that injury to heal. But if the fascia is not fixed, or it's not addressed, then what happens is that injury might heal, but the and it might feel better or our nervous system will become numb to the feeling and the pain is actually still there. It's just the nervous system is no longer registering that pain. And so now you have bunched up fascia, Maybe let's just say by, I'll just use my stuff for example. I have, I always have a bunch of fascia by my ribs and my ribs were always popping out of place. And I had to go to the chiropractor, they'd pop them back into place. Oh, and then, God. you know, a few days later, they just pop right back out of place. And I'm like, what the heck's going on? And it was affecting my breathing and everything. And it's, it was giving me anxiety. And so, I I started to like dig into the fascia and I was doing trigger pointing for a while on my own and just kind of working on my own fascia with like foam rolling and just different tools. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to just go see a myofascial release practitioner and just see, and it's usually a massage therapist that specializes in it, and just see like my experience with it. And she kind of assessed me. I went to my first appointment and she assessed me and she was like, yeah, your pelvis is just so like bunched up and like higher on one side and back and on one side. And so we started working on like my pelvic floor issue. And I had gone to a physical or like a physical therapist for pelvic floor issues before. And I just didn't see a lot of progress with her. Like I was just like, you know, like it's helping a little bit, but I'm having a hard time doing what she's saying to do. Like she kept saying like, you know, um, relax, and then you know, clench, and it was like I can't, like I physically can't. <laughs> and so, you know, I found it fascinating that when I went to my myofascial release practitioner, she was like, "Oh yeah, your pelvis is all like pulled, being pulled by that fascia." And because the fascia is so interconnected, you know, you could have bunched up fascia in your shoulder, and it's pulling on your pelvis, or yeah. you could have bunched up fascia in your rib, and it's pulling on your, you know, in in your in your gut. Or whatever, like it could be in your knee, and it's pulling. You know, you can feel the band all the way up to your neck. And so, as we, as I started working with her, I started to do it like a couple days before I would do my EFT. So I would get the physical release, and she would just help me release my fascia, and we just started working on all my problem areas. And then, on a couple days later, I would do my emotional release. And what I kept finding is that during my my myofascial sessions, I would get a huge emotional release huge. I would cry afterwards, I would be exhausted. I would just be like mentally or you know, emotionally exhausted after my myofascial release session, my physical release sessions. And then after EFT, I would get a ton of physical relief from mm-hmm. from EFT. And so it was like this perfect synchronicity where I was getting emotional release from physically releasing my issues and physical relief from releasing my emotional issues. And I have realized that they were so interconnected. I had so much tightness. And, you know, my myofascial practitioner was like, you are in pain constantly, but you don't perceive that you're in pain. You perceive that you're, oh, tight, or, oh, I'm just a little, like, my neck's a little out of whack, or, you know, whatever it might be. Like, I'm just saying, like, oh, yeah, I don't feel very good, or, like, I'm just kind of sore. And in reality, like, My nervous system is constantly having to suppress and numb that pain, which is very physical pain. And as we've worked on it, I'm just like in shock at how good I feel in my body. I never felt at home in my body. And my digestive issues were the biggest change. I could not believe how much my digestion changed once I got my fascia in my gut and my abdomen and my pelvis released. It was like a night and day difference. Like I have never, I have not had digestive problems since. Oh
0: my god! Wow! Yeah, That's <laughs> yeah. crazy. I mean, so I um, I saw myofascial release therapist. Was it two years ago? And um, I wasn't consistent with it. I only went that one time, but I had heard of all the benefits and like you might have an emotional release on the table. Did you have an emotional release at all, like with your myofascial release therapist?
1: Yeah, there have been times when I just like can't, like I just start sobbing and uh, I can't stop. Um, But yeah, I've definitely, like there's times where actually after your session, you feel maybe okay, but you actually start to feel worse because when you resolve one issue that's bothering you, it's no longer Like you, your nervous system no longer perceives it. So then the other issue that was bothering you that was maybe less painful is now coming to the forefront. And so it has been a very uncomfortable process where like, yeah, there's a lot of emotional relief or release. I feel very emotionally exhausted afterwards, but also it's like your body's changing the way that it's moving completely. So you almost just feel like so like you feel good, but then at the same time you feel like, wow, like my body almost feels foreign to me now.
0: Kind of like going through a nutrition protocol. Like if you're yep. coming from like a certain background and you you start incorporating the right things, it's kind of like, uh, waking up the beast as like Morley says. Yeah. Um, so that, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Well, I'm motivated to go to facial release therapist. I went to my chiropractor yesterday and, um, mm. I was having like a lot of like upper back uh, pain and I just attributed it to like, you know, sitting down all day and you know, feeling really stressed. Um, but then I could also correlate it to like digestive issues. And for some reason for me, like no one can figure it out it's so weird, but everything is like on my left side. And I mm-hmm. want to like dig deeper into that and like find out like what that could potentially mean. Like, I don't know what the left side is like maybe like more masculine like kind of thing Mm -hmm. but it's always on my left side and this is like a reoccurring issue for me and so all of that was like pulling today it's gone but there was a huge trigger point that she released right here underneath my armpit for like everyone who's not watching um Mm -hmm. and she just put some dry needles in there and like immediately when I got home I just like wanted to cry it was so weird. Oh, yeah. And um, I, I've been doing trigger pointing at home. Like I have like a trigger pointing, like what is it's called? Like a, a cane. And then, yeah, um, a yeah, the theracane and then foam rolling or not, not really foam rolling, but just like sitting on it or like laying on it mm-hmm. and just like breathing into it. And it's hard when you do it to yourself. And I was speaking to a yeah. friend and she was like, I could probably only get so far like doing it at home. So she decided to like work with a practitioner as well. And Yeah. It's just all really interesting. I think connecting like this aspect of health and like the nervous system and focusing on that at the same time, like incorporating the right foods. Like I think, um, that will get you far, like not just food alone when it comes to health and wellness.
1: Yeah. And I think for me, like, I also realized that I wouldn't be because these are stressors, like going through EFT, like, you know, as you go through the sessions, like, even though they are a huge release and a relief, they are a big stressor. And they do bring up more that you just maybe can't cover in a full session, like unless you were going to go hours and hours and hours. So yes, a lot of emotions are released, but there are a lot of memories coming up or a lot of things that are coming up. And I, or, or when you're doing myofascial release, you know, there's a lot of toxins stored in those tissues. When you release that fascia, like there is probably years of buildup there. And then also what's happening is the body's taking minerals and hydration and actually finally hydrating that dehydrated tissues. And so that that takes work. That's not like low stress. And so I fully will admit that if I wasn't in a nourished state, like if I was the four years ago, Jess, on carnivore or keto, I don't think I could <laughs> actually handle these stressors, like they would have been too much for my body to handle. Um, so now I do think like the nutrition and the, the minerals and just the nutrients and taking care of myself has really allowed me to be able to face these stressors. And that kind of like brings us back to those layers of healing. Like, you do need to pull back some layers first. So you have to give your body the tools, the tools and resources it needs to heal before you actually start Digging. It's like, it's kind of like, <laughs> you know, you don't want to start digging a hole before you're ready because once you start, you can't stop. So, you think
0: someone who's listening to this and maybe they don't have like strong foundations, would you recommend like starting there first and then maybe tapping into these other things? Tapping.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally tapping. Yeah. I think like everyone's different. So, I think like some people are. Uh, their minds hold them back a lot. And I know we kind of talked about like, you know, there's just so many things like the emotional baggage that we carry when we go through health journeys, especially diagnoses. I just see like, you know, for example, when you get diagnosed with PCOS, or oftentimes when you do, it's like they immediately will just say like, you're gonna have a hard time having kids. There's a huge pile of baggage that just was inadvertently placed on your shoulders that you are still carrying, and if you don't deal with that fear of I'm I'm gonna have a hard time having kids you gotta release that like who is that person to tell you you're gonna have a hard time having kids are they god do they are they the universe do they know your future wow what a psychic you know what I mean like we carry this baggage and then it holds us back from being able to implement. For example, we, we implement our nourishing changes and we're like, oh, this is too easy. You know, the, the doctor told me I was going to have a hard time having kids. Like what can blood balancing your blood sugar actually do? And so you know what I mean? Like you actually carry that and it, it really affects how you implement your changes. You always implement them with, well, I guess I'll just try this. And it's not like I fully trust my body and I fully want to give my body the resources and tools it needs to do what it knows how to do. You know, there's a difference in how you implement habits. And I see a lot of people being mentally held back by their fear. And so in those cases, it might actually be better to deal, to deal with your fear your fear first. Because some people, those are the types of people that are like, everything I do, like nothing feels better. My digestion always sucks. And like everything hurts. And you're just like, you got to go deal with that situation. Yeah. Um, and that's where I think like focusing on the actual emotional stuff first might actually be helpful, especially for the people like I get DMs all the time. I don't know about you, but it's like, You're like, I know what I need to be doing, but I just can't do it. Like, what do you recommend? You know? And it's just like, that that is totally like your mind is now holding you back. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. So with tapping, it's kind of just rewiring some things and repeating those mantras, essentially. And believing what you want to believe and what you want to happen, what you want to come into fruition. I was reading the book awakening fertility last night, mm. I'm not sure if you've read it, but um, they kind of just said the same thing that you just said, but they actually related it to birth control because when you're on, mm. when you get on birth control, you're like, I absolutely cannot get pregnant. I won't get pregnant. I won't get pregnant. And so then when you mm. actually like want to get pregnant and you're getting off birth control like you're still carrying that as well. So it was just really interesting how they mentioned that in the book and you related it to PCOS. So yeah, if if conception conceiving is definitely a goal of yours, I think there should be a process of like getting your mind ready and getting not just your body ready for it, but your mind and like feeling what it would feel like to have a baby and like almost like pretending like you have a belly to hold and things like that and just really like mm-hmm. Picturing that, just like I, I tell my clients and um, some of the, the students in the Nourish Method, like really visualizing your future self, future self and getting super clear on what you want that version of yourself to look like. I don't want to like call it like manifestations or whatever. Like that'll come true. Like believe it, and it'll come to life. But I think there is a certain um, I don't know, just power there. I'm just like that's what I want, and if I feel that, and I, I trust my body, like you said then I can get there.
1: Um, yeah, Yeah. yeah. I always say like to my fertility clients, because I deal, you know, I've worked with a lot of women who struggle with infertility and it's, you know, oftentimes they're part of all these infertility groups. They're part of all this. And a lot of times they now have gotten to this point where they idealize having a baby, you know, they just, all they want is that baby. And all they want is to be able to put that baby in a stroller. And all they want is, um, to have that baby. And I always say, like, take a step back and remember that you first and foremost need to step into your biological purpose. And you need to feel that. I think a lot of us are like, you know, oh, I want a baby, but oh, birth is going to be so hard. Or, oh, I want this, but like, this is not, you know, like, but uh, I I just want it now, you know, like I don't want to do the work, but I just want it. And we have to really step into our, our what I always say is like your biological purpose. I don't care if your personal purpose is not to have kids. Like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying your biology Everything is synchronizing together in harmony to want reproduction to occur. That's the coolest part about about your body. But it needs the resources and tools to do so. And so when you start to give it those resources and tools, you are now stepping into that and you're welcoming that. And you got to just keep. One step in front of your the other and acknowledge that all these small little habits are allowing you you know taking care of your body and taking care of your physiology are allowing you to step into that purpose which has often been taken away from us by just the mindset or maybe we've taken birth control or maybe we've just had a different mindset you know when we were you know younger and now different things are important to us. And so we have had to shift, you know, our goals in life and we've had to shift what we want. And so we have to remember that that baggage that we carry does need to be shed in order for us to step into what we want. I love that. It needs to be shed. Um,
0: (laughs) So when, when it comes to your journey, Jess, I mean, did you have an experience like that? Like with your hormones, like were you technically like ever infertile?
1: I've never tried to have a baby. So I couldn't say that I am infertile. But like, I could say that, yeah, I wasn't ovulating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, I had like really weird periods. I never lost my period. I was actually one of those people that just would like bleed and bleed and bleed and bleed and bleed. And like, we know, like, hello, iron, your body's just trying to like, get rid of all that iron. Mm-hmm. But um, I Yeah, I could say that I was probably infertile, you know, even though I wasn't trying, like, I couldn't get pregnant without ovulating, so.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I had, um, well, I actually, like, did a Dutch, and um, Mm. that reflected that. I mean, I know, like, I didn't know better at the time, but I was like, oh, no, you know, that, like, crippling fear where it's, like, Mm -hmm. the only thing I've ever wanted to do in this life is, like, have a baby, (laughs) and just hearing that, it was, like, really devastating, and so, yeah, I don't know if, like, you had a similar experience with that, so I was just wondering. But, um, when it comes to your nervous system response now in comparison to what it was before you started EFT and myofascial release, and I haven't even asked you if there are other tools that you do, um, or other things that you do at home that kind of help your nervous system response. But can you tell us about like the differences that you've seen just like on your day to day?
1: Yeah. So for me, like I've always been someone that just like pushed myself, pushed my body and always took on more. Like always, always the yes man. I always say like always saying yes to everything. Like, oh yeah, I can do it. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, being everything for everyone on top of just being like this, I always say like just a content producing machine. You know what I mean? Whereas just like all I wanted to do was just grow my business and just like at all costs. And Um, I couldn't get out of that. Like it was just like, and it becomes kind of this thing where you're stuck and you now like done, you've you've created all this content. People are used to this content. And then you're like, actually, like, I think I'm going to, kill myself if I keep doing this this much like this like amount of content is going to kill me so it's just been this shift of like you know and then when I wasn't creating the content because you obviously can't you get to a point where it's just like oh no like all these people want is just content it's like looming over your head and I've just gotten to this point where I would say like I'm much more go with the flow I'm much more okay to just like let it be um I now can wake up and focus on like one or two things per day, I could actually say that like my stress and my nervous system response was actually crippling me. Like I was getting less done, even though I felt like I was doing more and more things on the to-do list every day. Um, I wasn't actually accomplishing them well at all. I wasn't proud of anything because I was doing everything mediocre because I was doing so much. And so now I've really been able to truly say that I can wake up in the morning and say, like, what do what's the one thing I want to do today? I want to do one thing today. What am I gonna do? And then just doing it and like letting it be enough. And if there's something I wanna do, well, tomorrow's a new day. And being actually completely okay with that, rather than, you know, saying I'm okay with it, but actually feeling an extreme amount of stress about the, you know, oh, the content I didn't create today or the thing, the task I didn't complete today. It's like I don't feel that way anymore. There's nothing like looming over my head, I can just push it aside and say, like, tomorrow's a new day. So I think that's been the biggest change is like, just I've been able to give myself complete permission to just say, you know what, like, I don't feel like doing it today, or my body's saying no, like, permission granted to handle it tomorrow. And Letting enough be enough too. Like, you know, I think as business owners, and you can probably relate, it's like, oh, I can't just like check my emails and check Slack. I need to like do this, 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 and I need to make sure I'm doing this and this and this and this and this. And it's like, well, you know, you can just check your emails. And let that be enough for a day. Like you could, you know what I mean? And so it's like, you could tell people like, hey, you know what, I actually need to reschedule for tomorrow. But it's just like allowing yourself to do that as a whole nother thing without feeling the stress behind it. So it's really just transformed like how I treat business and how I treat my business and how I see my business and also just see myself. Like I'm not a machine. Um, I'm just much kinder to myself now. And I've been prioritizing my own personal health above everything else, which I think like as business owners, oftentimes we say we're doing, but then we're not really doing.
0: <laughs> well, I think we started our own businesses to be able to do those things. And it's funny how it's like, you don't want to work 40 hours for someone else. but then you end up working 80 hours for yourself.
1: <laughs> right. it makes
0: nearly, right. zero sense. But I mean, I guess out of all fairness, we enjoy it at the Mm -hmm. same time. But yes, and not at the expense of our own health. And I think your past self is kind of like where I'm at right now. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, it's it's taking pause and being okay with not posting to social media and just allowing this season to just be um, has been really difficult because yeah, there's that looming like thought of, oh my God, like what is everyone thinking? And Like are they still gonna be there and will they love like what I share and you know, all of those things and all that self talk, um, that stuff is important to release too. And it all came from somewhere as well. Like I don't know about you, but for me it's like this this people pleasing tendency that is actually really like selfish. Um, I've learned it's not for them, it's just for you to be like accepted and validated and um so that's been something I've been overcoming as well. But um Mm -hmm. Really good. I'm happy for you that you're like in a place where you just like, just allow yourself to just be okay with just doing like one thing a day, two things a day and just being more in flow, I guess, in harmony, like with your essence and like just being a woman.
1: Yeah. I think it's also like there's a lot of shoulds and supposed tos in the business world, especially for women. You know, I had a lot of similar with nutrition. It's like you have a lot of outside information coming in. This is how you need to do launches. This is how you need to keep a timeline. You always need to have another goal, another project on the schedule. Yeah. You've got to just keep going, 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 producing, producing, producing. And it's like, no, it's understanding that quantity is not quality and like creating maybe one piece of really good content is better than seven days of kind of mediocre content and also understanding that like no one's holding you to your dates except you so you know why are you in such a rush it's the same thing with the healing journey like where what's the destination like are you like oh I've made it in business like not going to do anything else anymore. Like I'm, I've made it. I'm at the pinnacle. You know, it's like, no, like it's a constant dynamic flowing, shifting thing where you get to kind of create the way that you want to create and create things that your followers and your community want. And you're allowed to let it kind of like flow and kind of, it's going to naturally ebb and flow. But if you're in the ebb, and you're not allowing yourself to be in the ebb then you're really just hustling the whole time e- even if it's just in your mind and it's exhausting like it takes its toll on your body and i i am the one that learned the hard way for sure
0: <laughs> and like we're already super hyper aware of like what stress does to the body so i feel like that stressor of knowing and being so aware, yeah. like, what stress is just another stressor <laughs> so i'm just like yeah. i know what i'm doing to my body right now but It just is what it is. And then pushing that off to the side. I definitely still need to do a lot more work. But like we have said this entire time, it's a journey. It's never this destination. I feel like um, sometimes with my clients who are doing this work too, they're like, I still have a lot of work to do, but I think sometimes it's also the awareness of things and not achieving perfection. And just like, well, let's compare like this example to like a situation that happened in the past. And how did you respond then? And how did, how are you responding now? Like, is it better? And that's all we're looking for. Um, and just remembering that not being too hard on yourself.
1: Well, I think there's value and also understanding that sometimes you're in a season of stress that you can't like immediately get out of. You have to take steps that maybe are a little bit more stressful to plan to get out of stress in the future. So I hope that makes sense. Like some people are still working a job that they hate and they just have to. Like, they have to because if they quit, they wouldn't have money to pay their bills. So does that mean that you are hopeless? No. In your mind, you know, like, I can't do this forever. So what steps are – am I going to take right now that are going to help me get to where I need to go in the future so I have less stress in the future? So I think that's, like, another important thing to remember is, like, you might not be able to eliminate stress – like, stressors right now. And that's okay. So do what you can to mitigate the stress and then know that, like, even just taking steps – to lower your stress in the future is totally okay. And will have value, you know, for you, your health in the future. Yeah, exactly.
0: All right, Jess. Well, I don't think I have any other questions for you unless there's anything that you want to touch on, or I think we're good.
1: No, this is awesome.
0: Um, as far as any other resources that you want to leave our audience with, would you have any recommendations
1: Yeah, I mean, um, there's a lot of resources on EFT. Like, if you want to look into EFT, I think it's, like, a great (laughs) – that's a great thing you can – like, it, it can be free. You know what I mean? There's plenty of YouTube videos and things like that. Um, I talk a lot about more of the nutrition aspect of things and obviously, like, uh, the nourishment aspect on my Instagram at Just Cash Wellness and on my website. I have a YouTube channel now that digs a little bit deeper, Just Cash Wellness. Um, but yeah, I would say, like, if you're interested in what uh, what we talked about today, there are so many, like, resources out there now and directories to find um Uh, you know, practitioners or just do things on your own um, with simple searches.
0: All right, cool. Well, there you guys have it. Uh, Thank you so much, Jess, for coming on the show until next time, guys. Bye. Thank you. Wow. You guys, I absolutely loved that episode with Jess and I hope you guys did too. Please remember that EFT and myofascial release are just two of the many toolkits that can be in someone's healing toolkit. Um, But this is just where, where Jess is right now. And I find the two very, very fascinating and interesting. So these are in my toolkit as well. But I know I have other things that I can reach to. I find these tools to be like a form of therapy. For me, talk therapy isn't what I need at the given moment. Um so I like more like body work. And that's just what I've been leaning into, whether it's uh, um, chiropractic work, or myofascial release, or seeing a pelvic floor specialist or going to an acupuncturist like that's I've just kind of like been playing around with things and finding what works for me. Um, I love EFT as well. I've had such a positive experience with it. And if you're like, oh my gosh, tapping on your face seems so weird. Like I know exactly what you're feeling like because that's how I used to feel a couple years ago when I first heard of EFT. And finally I was like in a, in a place where I could learn more about it. And um, Teresa from Living Roots Wellness on Instagram was the one who really like led me into it and made me feel safe doing it. And I did a one-on-one session with her too and she is just phenomenal. Um, But I think it's really important to address you know, the mindset piece and, you know, stored trauma and, you know, limiting beliefs and things that we repeat to ourselves. There's a lot of like negative self-talk in the space. Um, especially if you're on a healing journey, like you feel like you can't heal. If you feel like you can't lose weight, feel like you can't gain weight, like whatever it is, there's a lot that goes on in our headspace, right? And you can't just let that stuff, just skate on by especially if you're someone who has a lot of chronic symptoms and you're trying to heal them you need to address them and I think when you need to address them will vary from person to person like just said in the episode it like it might not be the same for every single person like everyone's healing journey is going to look so different some people might focus more on nutrition first and some people really need like the the mindset piece first to get them by um So everyone's journey is going to look completely different. I think it's important to remember to not compare your journey to someone else's um and really just find what works for you. But as this pertains to fertility, I think it's really important to like this is like a part of someone's preconception phase, right? Because if we're speaking this way to ourselves or we have stored trauma and we're not addressing it, we're not healing it, we're not resolving these things. Um we know how that passes down and uh like a, a heightened nervous system probably won't leave you with like a healthy pregnancy. And, you know, then we have to think about your baby's health and your health after pregnancy as well. So I think that healing is a multifaceted approach and it should be addressed in so many different ways. We need to cover the emotional aspect of things. We need to cover the physical aspect of things. Um, I also don't want you to stress like perfection. That's something I talk about with my clients all the time. Like this is a journey and you will never, Arrive like this is just a lifelong thing, and I think it's so fun, and it should be fun. It shouldn't be this stressful thing. Um, but like just said, it can be stressful because you're finally like peeling back all of these layers, and your body can finally breathe again. And with that, like come out all of these emotions, and it is stressful. So try not to like try to baby step it. Try not to do it all at once, and just like. Enjoy it as best as you can Um, and really just improve your stress response because like I always say, it's not the stressor, it's how you respond to it. We all have these daily stressors that we need to uh, overcome or just like manage or, or face because it's life and we're human and that's what happens but it's our response to the stressor. Like, are we frazzled? Are we like going and is our limbic system kicking in? And are we having like a, a fight or flight response to just a, a psychological stressor and it's not running away from a saber toothed tiger? Like, are we getting out of that fight or flight state? Are we entering a parasympathetic state ever? Um, there's just a lot to cover and I hope you guys enjoyed this episode in this Kind of inspired you to dabble a little bit more in different arenas if you feel called to it. But if you feel like you really enjoyed this episode, please kindly leave a five-star reviewer rating and share with your friends and families so that we can continue having awesome guests on the show. And please remember that anything we share on the Functional Fertility Podcast isn't intended to replace medical advice, and you should always, always do your own research. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Hey guys, before you go, I did want to share a little bit about what's going on behind the scenes at Kiara Marie Wellness in case you're like, where the heck has Kiara been? What has she been up to? Well, I wanted to tell you now so that you're in the know. So you may have noticed that I have shifted towards this fertility focus in the last month or so. There has been so much going on behind the scenes, guys. We've been building a course. We've been building a website. When I say we, my wonderful assistant, Rebecca and I have been doing so, so much behind the scenes. And I've been really like just laying off of social media, laying low, um, because honestly there just hasn't been time to really be on there. And I appreciate you guys sticking around and just hanging tight with me as we get things situated and we, um, plan things out for the rest of the year. So, um, we have the podcast. You guys will continue getting weekly episodes in your queue from the functional fertility podcast. Um, and we also have Instagram as a as a plat or as a tool in our toolkit, um, leading you to the website. The goal of everything is to lead you to the website where everything is on there. You can find things about me. You can find um, links to the podcast. You can find links to the courses, um, and ways to work with me. So I get a ton of DMS about like, do you do HTMA calls? Like, can you review this hair tissue analysis with me? Or like, are you taking any new clients right now? Um, as I get deeper into this work, I realize that all the labs, everything really comes back down to the foundations. Always. It's always, always, always going to come back down to the foundations that I learned as a nutritional therapy practitioner without the use of lab work. I totally get wanting to get labs done. I'm a huge fan of um, ordering labs. I love hair tissue mineral analysis testing, full Monty testing, and really just getting more clues. That's all it is. More data, more information. They're not diagnostic tests. There's no diagnosing of any kind, um, but it's just more information and it can be helpful. But I really want to start using my energy towards enhancing the courses where you can find all of those foundations um, that are done at your own pace. You have all the tools that I give my VIP clients, of course, without the accountability and support. But inside of the Nourish Method, you do get access to a private Facebook community. Inside of Period Restoration, you have your own course workbook, your five-day five day meal plan. You have so much to really help you alongside in your journey. Now, these are, again, just tools. And I totally get wanting to work one-on-one with a practitioner, which is why I'm still offering it. There's just an investment. And I do like to make the, the courses, or at least one of the courses, um, a prerequisite before working with me one-on-one so that you have a solid understanding of the foundations. You've been doing those for quite some time. And then all you're really looking to do inside of a, a one one one-on-one container is have more accountability have more support being able to lean on someone and ask them questions and running lab tests but I am actually trying to work up a program at the end of the year or beginning of next year. Um, it's called nourished mama and I'm so excited about it. It's a preconception program in a group setting where we order hair tissue mineral analysis testing. Um, it's much less like one-on-one support. You do get one-on-one support inside, but it's more of like a, a group setting with live calls, Slack support, etc. Um, so more to come on that, but yeah, I, it's not that I'm fully stepping away from one on one work. I just feel like there is a lot of knowledge and wisdom and tools inside of my courses and programs to come. So that's kind of what I want to lead you guys to. Um, I still love one on one work. I don't, you guys think I don't? I love it so much and I've built beautiful connections with so many women from across the globe and I'm really grateful for that. Um I just I know that we can reach more women by you know offering these courses and programs and such. So, yeah, I think that's pretty much what we are doing for now at Karemry Wellness. I appreciate you guys sticking around. And if you have any questions about working with me, um, be sure to always check the website first to see if you get your answer, uh, there, or if you need more assistance, feel free to reach out to support at Kiara Marie wellness, but I will talk to you guys next time.